Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. So, Mike, hi. How are you guys? Good. Good, good. good. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, do you want us to introduce you? How do you want to? Let's... Uh... Let me let me try it, and then we'll see what you say after that. How about that? <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll do both. Yeah, let's yep. do both. Okay. So I am uh, I am Mike Schulte, uh, fellow podcaster like you fellas, and I am the drummer for the world's worst named band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. <laughs> I don't know. There are worse names. Uh, well, yeah, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> bad is good, though. You know, sometimes it's memorable. Memorable is the key, right? My daughter thinks it's very funny. <laughs> so so we should probably just tell the story. We should probably just get it out of the way, huh? <laughs> probably because my introduction would go something like, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Mike Schulte joining us tonight from the Pork Tornadoes. Will we find out what a pork tornado <laughs> is? Mine was going to be more like, is it Schulte, Schulte? Oh, I'm not Z. sure. Schulte. I'm going with Schulte. Am I right? Schulte is correct. Yes, it yeah, is. Right. Yay, yay. Points for me. <laughs> Good job. I live around a lot of German people. See, I am very, very Irish, you know, coming up here on St. Patrick's Day. I'm I'm like 75% Irish, but I got that German last name. Uh-huh. That's the 25%. It's 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 stubborn. It's coming through in my last name there. That's funny. That's yeah, funny. I work with a couple of Schultes. There's no famous Schultes, though, you know? Like, I don't think there's, there's anybody out there that's like, oh, yeah, are you? Like if your last name's Cruz, you're going, Oh, are you related yeah. to Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's not there's not a Schulte that everybody knows. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> we were hoping to find somebody Irish to come on for uh, St. Patty's. There you go. Yeah. So so yeah. this'll this'll be our uh, next best. Whoever we got a hold of uh in actual Ireland time schedules were kinda hard to work out. Oh, you were gonna get yeah. somebody from Ireland? Yeah, we've had a couple of Irish guests on. Cool. We know some cats over there. Yeah, it just didn't didn't pan out. But then again, I was thinking, you know, it's kind of racist, yo. <laughs> you know what? I asked him. <laughs> you asked him that? Like I was like, is it weird for me to like for somebody to ask if an Irish person wants to come on? And he was like, No, I think it's awesome. Okay. We love St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's that's I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> should, should we ask them? <laughs> yeah, I probably should ask. I made my first trip over to uh, Ireland. I've wanted to go my whole life. I, I went over there in like 20, 2018. Have you guys ever been there before? Yes, I went there on my honeymoon in uh, 96, 97, something like that. Oh my God, I love that country. It was so awesome. It, it was, oh. I, I mean, I want to go back. I didn't spend enough time there to to even see everything I wanted. Right. Oh, yeah. I spent one night there. That what was it. So my story is I was on a trip to Austria and Hungary. And this was, that was a wild trip in itself. I, my choir in high school yeah. toured Austria and Hungary, <laughs> which was pretty cool. But we took like everything was just as cheap as we could get it. So we took Romanian Airlines. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And this was like while the Iron Curtain was up. So it was wow. still like super communist and, you know, all the, you know, Rambo movies and shit were coming out. And <laughs> yeah. So, you know, shit. I went through the Iron Curtain, but Ireland comes into play 
coming back, we had a stop in Shannon, Ireland, and the plane broke down. It was like <laughs> this big clunk, and we just sat in the airplane for like an hour or two. <laughs> Finally, they're like, okay, everybody out of the plane. So we sat in the airport forever, and then they were like, yeah, we're going to have to fly in another plane from Romania. So, and they put us up in a hotel for the night, and it was already getting like really late. So apparently the hotel was like in a castle. So I stayed the night there. But that was it. That was it. I, I didn't really see any more of Ireland than that. But you've been there. You can officially. I have technically been there. My rule is you have to leave the airport to say you've been there. You have yeah. to be outside of the airport to say I've been to this state or this country. Yeah, I had agree. I had a cigarette in Seattle outside. So that counts. Uh, that counts. There you go. And that is another country. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, right now. I, I stayed quite a bit in Ireland. I didn't go up north. Uh, the the troubles and whatnot weren't really going on up there as frequently, but it was still uh you know a bit dicey right uh, up north uh, at that time. But we stayed like uh, in Kinsale, we had all around the coast around there, Killarney, uh, Cork, uh, Dingle to get to Dingle. Yeah, yeah, went to Dingle Bay. Dingle was so cool, <sighs> beautiful. Saw the dolphins out there, and you know it's it's the only country like I've said that I. Uh, I been around a few places in the world. It's the only country I would move to and live there, I think. Okay. I could yeah. I could get down on that. Yeah. A lot of other places great to visit, great even to stay a long time. Yeah. But I like being American. You know. Right. Yeah. It's great here. No, I tend to I connect with Irish people pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. Yeah, the people were just so great. You know the thing is though, towards the end of the end of the trip, it was like uh we we got a good deal on a package like before the tour season, so it rained the entire time we were there. Oh geez. But I loved it anyway. We we both had a blast. But still it was like it towards the end of the vacation. Like, oh, everybody loved us. We were the little American couple in town. You know, we were so cute (laughs) and adorable. Then all the tourists started showing up. And boy, they were all like really, you know, and and not that all wealthy people are this way, but they were extremely wealthy pricks, you know. Right. And just everywhere, just the most obnoxious people. It's like, oh. That's why. (laughs) That's why anyone hates us. (laughs) That's why they don't like America. No, you do see it when you travel. You're just like embarrassed. Yeah. Well, and then you figure, well, these are the ones who can afford to travel here all the time. Right. Of course. Yeah. The ones that are, are used to it all the time. I, I had a crazy story. Uh, a guy from Ireland found my band, you know, over a couple of a couple years before I went to Ireland and had commented and said, hey, we love we love you in Ireland. Awesome. Come come play a show here. And it's like, well, we're not going to do that. But I, I had recognized I run the social media with the band, so I had recognized his name enough to where I said, Oh man, I'm going to Ireland. I should message this guy. He's he's a bearded dude like like me. You know, he, right. he plays in a band. I, I feel like I can trust this guy. So I, I messaged him and I said, I'm I'm coming over with my wife and my brother and his wife, and we're gonna be in these places. Do you live anywhere nearby? And he said, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, we're we're like an hour away from Dingle. He said, what if we just We'll get a babysitter for the kids, and me and my wife will come down, and we'll we'll stay in a hotel, and we'll just meet you for some drinks. I'm like, okay, and I didn't realize how weird that was until I told my brother and my wife, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, so, so you're just meeting a random person?" Uh-huh. And, and, my, and they, they said, "Where?" I go, "Well, we're supposed to meet at this bar." And, he, and they're like, "How do you know?" 
who he is. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to walk in and go, I think that's the guy. So they, they were like, you're getting catfished. I have a feeling this is just somebody that is totally. Yeah. And, and the best part is we arrive and, and there's the guy I thought was going to be there. But he said that his wife was saying the same thing. Like, you're, right. you're getting catfished. This is not going to work out. And so it, we, we just, we spent eight hours just guinness and whiskey back and forth for for eight solid hours they took us to some weird what do they call it they they call them off market bars or on market and off market bars where yeah yeah, where the on ones close at like nine o'clock off market ones can stay open late and they don't usually let tourists into that stuff but because Mm. we knew these guys they let us in there and so i that was the that was the worst hangover i had on that trip (laughs) we we drove that where all the star wars film locations were for the newest star wars movies and i just slept in the backseat going i can't i'm not (laughs) i'm not not getting out of this car wow beautiful yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome yeah no i have a little bit of the same thing i know um John and I, we've, you know, met a lot of, or not haven't met a lot of people like in person, but we've talked to so many people and they're always like, yeah, if you're ever out this way. So every time my wife and I, and obviously we dream about vacation right now, we're not going anywhere, but and anytime we come up with someplace, oh, I know. And my wife just is always like, do you really want to do that? <laughs> Are you sure? You meet these people. You've just talked to them on your pod. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're cool, baby. No. You'll see. Sometimes those are the coolest thing. Like, I mean, these these guys are now lifelong friends, right? You know, I I would love if they would come over here and visit. And you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta take those chances on the on the internet people that you meet, and especially you know, I've been. By the way, I, I've been just getting into your podcast, and I'm I'm very much enjoying it. I've I've been trying oh, thank to you. trying thank to dive you. into as much as I can, and I'm just kind of picking and choosing and going all over the place. But when you get to talk to that many cool people and have awesome conversations, why would you not hit them up and get that local experience anywhere you go? I think that's I think that's amazing. Oh, absolutely! No, I think it's cool. And speaking of like connecting with people, we got you through a mutual friend. Will mm-hmm. Whitmore? Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. Will Will just? I think I think I just saw it on his Instagram. He said, "Oh, new because you were just what was that within the last month? Maybe you talked to him? Yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, I was I was looking for a you know you know how podcasts come and go. You sometimes you have so many that you can't keep up with, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're sitting there going every day. You wake up, come on, is there a new episode? I want something. Right. Oh, nothing new, right. and. I think he he posted about it on his Instagram. I said, "Oh, cool! I I love I love hearing Will talk. I I love when he just tells crazy stories and and you never know what you're going to get, kind of a thing." So I I listened and enjoyed so much, and then I went back and I think you talked to him before. I listened to that one, uh, and then I just started going hitting some of your repertoire. So yeah, that that was how we made that connection. I think. Oh man, well thanks. That just makes me feel good. Heck I appreciate yeah. that. Warms the old cockles. It does. Makes it feel worthwhile, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's a lot of fun for us. I There's no point in doing it if you're not having fun, and hopefully it's fun for the people that come on. But for those who aren't familiar with your work, so you got started back, uh, yeah, I was listening to some of your older catalog with like Brian Jones, your, your original band. Yeah. Oh, great 
great Joy Division cover, by the way. Yeah, did you like that? I thought it was the best Joy Division cover of of that I've heard. That was good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We 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 put a lot into that one. We were we were very happy about that, and I think that's one of our our best things that we did back in the day for sure. Yeah, that track in particular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That track was. It's just fun to you know. Not many people are covering Joy Division kind of stuff. You know. Right. And we weren't a cover band, but we're like, man, we just got to, we got to do this. We got to do a, a cool take on this. And that, and that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that certainly changed for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, it was, I had definitely had a fuck cover band mentality, like many uh, original band <laughs> artists do. Sure. It has since very much changed because that is what I do now. <laughs> All right. So I just had a conversation with my kid this week because he's he's playing drums. He's learning to play drums and he won't play with any other like songs. It just has to be him playing. And finally, I was like, dude, I know you want to be in a band someday. Don't you want to like practice playing along with songs and stuff? He's like, Dad, I just I really just want to play my own stuff. I don't really want to play along with anybody else's stuff. And but shit. Isn't that weird, though? Because I was actually just thinking about when you were saying that, how strange that is that your kid said that, because we all, any musician that has ever played always starts out essentially as like a cover artist, right? Because you that's how you learn how to play. That's how I learned how to play drums was I just randomly got a drum set and I took my parents, Phil Collins and, and Van Halen CDs and whatever, and I just put them in a CD player and just tried to mimic them and tried to play along to them. And something changes eventually. Once you learn, you, you then go, okay, now I know what I'm doing. I I would like to write my own stuff. I'd like to have that camaraderie of starting a band and, and writing original music. And then every once in a while, then you, you come full circle back around. I it's, I've had a lot of conversations with people that, you know, I, I did the, I did the original band stuff from, Let's see. My first band was like 1994. Uh, it was just a high school band, and then I and then I met the the guys in Brian Jones, which was my main original act. We played from 99 to 2006. And, you know, we we yeah. did uh, we did two two studio albums. One of them was actually we recorded with uh, Matt Talbot from Hum. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was called it was called like great western record recording for, but I, now i think it's called uh like analog earth or something it's in uh it's right outside of champaign illinois he's got this incredible studio there so huh. we, we did some some really cool stuff we toured we played and it it just you know we didn't we didn't i'm air quoting right now we didn't make it right you know we mm-hmm. we had some great local success and sold some albums and stuff but it 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 sort of fizzled out and now all of a sudden you're an adult you're you're in your mid to late twenties and and the bills are racking up and you've graduated college and you go, well, I'm an adult now. And so I don't do this. I'm not, I don't do this childish music thing anymore. Right. right. And, right. and like many people, the, that's the end of it. You just stop. Yeah. And, and it, it was for me, I, I stopped, I got a job in corporate America and I just couldn't believe this was going to be my life now for, for the rest of you know, 40, <laughs> 50 years going, this, this sucks. And luckily I met a guy uh, who was also kind of going through the same thing as me. He had been in a, an original band doing the same thing, finding some success, but then 
the band broke up and now he's trying to get a job and feed his kids and, and his family. And he, he goes, I'll never forget it. He just goes, Hey man, you want to, um, you want to join this cover band? You want to start a cover band with me? And I, I just, I laughed at him. I said, no, are you kidding me? Why would, why would I ever play cover music? I mean, you know, it's, I'm not going to wear cargo shorts on stage and, you know, like right. <laughs> those, those terrible, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen, you've seen the, the old man classic rock cover bands before. And you're like, I'm not uh, doing that. That is, that is not me. Right. And, and he goes, no, 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 come on. It'll, it'll be fun. We'll do some fun tunes. And, and eventually I kind of just said yes. Cause I kind of wanted some money. He starts going, well, we can make a hundred, hundred bucks a show. I'm a hundred bucks. Okay. A, show. <laughs> yeah, I a dollar playing music for the last 10 years. You know, it all, it all goes back into the band. When you're an original band, it funds those CDs and gas money, but oh, hundred, hundred bucks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right. And, yeah. and so I said, yes. And, and it's just, it's crazy how that one moment sort of revitalized my love for playing music and, and it's, you know, it's not what I foresaw myself doing. Right. But some of the things that I've achieved in the last 10 years as a, as a cover artist has, has been the stuff I've wanted all my life that I never got to do. Right. You know, those, those big shows, those thousands and thousands of people, the making money playing music. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? No, and I just kind of checking your shit out, and I pulled up a video. I can't even remember which song it was I was looking at, but just the crowd you had there, I was like, holy fuck, right? How's this cover band doing this? That's awesome, yeah. man. It, it's 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 weird, right? I mean, it's not the same, and, and I, I'm sure some of your listeners might be like, oh my God, cover band, and turn off the thing, but it's it's different, right? It's uh, We're not your traditional cover band. We're four dudes that came from the original band scene and came from that DIY hustle and that, that you got to make your own luck kind of mentality. And we took that and just applied it to this, this cover band world where most of the time you just, whatever you start a band with your buddies, you learn sweet child of mine, and then you go to the bar and you play and that's it. Right. But we, we just kept pushing. We kept saying, no, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. We need to, come up with our own versions of these songs and and we need to actually create events that people want to come to and want to have a good time. And, and then, you know, it evolved into raising money for charities while we were doing these things and, and making cool music videos. And, and it just, I don't, I don't really know what happened and how it happened, but it evolved into this thing that I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm unbelievably thankful, uh, for, for the stuff that has happened. Right. And, and the coolest thing then is that it, it's come full circle again, where it's, it's now allowed me to get back into some original music. Right. So, so that's how I know Will was, uh, you know, I, I idolized Will Whitmore, like, like many people do. He was, he was a little bit older than me. He was in a circle of bands that were a little more successful than I was back when I first met him. So I just kind of knew him tentatively, but the fact that I kept playing music and really honed my craft over the last decade was what allowed his cousin, Luke Tweedy, to call me up for a, a, a random studio sh- session. This was like it, when he re-recorded his first three albums. Remember, he had that thing where he had to re-record those first three albums. He was in a bind. Mm-hmm. 
and he needed a drummer and i'll never forget it he he emailed me like typical super nice will whitmore fashion he's like hi i don't know if you know who i am but my name is will whitmore i was like of course i know who you are. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me but i've fanboyed over you my entire college career yes i know who you are and and he said i need i need a drummer tomorrow i know it's last minute but i'm wondering if you could come down to the studio and i remember checking my my phone calendar and i was booked i mean i was solid booked and i said i said yep i'm completely available down there and canceled everything and it that that taking that that moment and going and saying hey i really want to help out will and it led to then i played on um I played drums on Radium Death and then Killanova and the recent one, I'm With You. And then that developed a really cool friendship with Will. He knew I could do well in the studio. And then we did uh, Hallways of Always together, the newest album. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. is so good. And then and then great. recently Dope Walker, which was like one of the coolest. Yeah. One of the coolest things for me of all time. And that talking full circle, right? You know, being a, a kid, a 21 year old kid in Iowa City, Iowa, idolizing Will Whitmore, idolizing Joel Anderson of 10 grand and yeah. and the plastic constellations from the Twin Cities, just idolizing these guys and then getting asked to be in a band with them was probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. And I and it's weird. I owe it all to saying yes to being in a cover band like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? It, it, it was the only reason that I kept. Yeah up on my craft and kept working hard. So it's just been a, it's been a weird music career here, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, a couple of things about cover bands to me is first of all, I think people need to lighten up. <laughs> They're fun. They're good shows. I've had some of the best sure. times of my life. Oh, yeah. uh, Jesus, uh, man. Uh, the last time we went to a cover, band, remember going to see Posse in effect, mm-hmm. Beastie Boys. I posse in effect the beastie boys yeah yeah beastie yeah. boys cover band my cousin brian plays drums for that band oh does he right oh, <laughs> look at that look at that kick there we ass. did it already yeah they were ass. so good i wanted to see him so i was planning on going to st louis uh-huh. to see them and then of course all this stuff of the last year happened but man i can't wait to see those guys oh, oh it's yeah. a blast it's a great time the dj yeah. i can't remember his name that opened for them was amazing yeah oh yeah. That's a good time. It's a whole production. You know, it's a whole show. The second thing, too, I can remember talking to a friend of mine uh, who is in another uh, another cover band and uh, in another side band. I don't want to give his name and talk out of school, but he was like, you know, I asked him, I said what he felt about that as far as the cool points or whatever, playing with a cover band or not playing with a cover band. He's like, dude, I've never written an original song in my life. And he's like, I'm a drummer. I, I I play like what they tell me to play. So every song is a cover song for me. <laughs> Very true. <right? laughs> it's like a, mm. it's a good point, man. You know, if you don't have the writing credits, uh, it's not yours anyway. Yeah, it's just like tell me what to play. I'll play. I'll play it. I guess right. I I technically covered Will Whitmore when I played on his first three albums. They were already right. written. I just yeah. Yeah. I just had to learn the parts that were already written and I played them. Mm-hmm. Well, and cover bands, I, I mean, I remember why I hated it as a as a 20-year-old in an original band because I, I get it. I understand it. You are putting all of this passion and time and energy into creating something and writing music and and you you do it and you finally release it and then nothing really happens, right? And you get yeah. You get the 50 people that come to your show and, and they really love it, but you can't seem to get a radio station to play it. And it's 
you too often you hear that where it's it's not I'm making the music for me. I'm making it for me. But you also really wouldn't it be cool to make a a living off of this and and that to to know that people appreciate what you do and then you you take that despair and you walk down the street and you see this outdoor amphitheater that has 2000 people in it watching a band butchers home Alabama. And you're like, <laughs> right. I, I get it. Cause I was there and I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a, it's where I live in, in Iowa, I'm in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And there's, there's always been this really huge battle between cover bands and original bands and this hatred. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I think it's kind of everywhere. And I, and again, I totally get it, but man, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I, I guess, I, I guess what 80% of cover bands aren't really that good. So I can understand why people, right. Why people have that bad mentality, but then you see these, these tribute acts like my posse in effect, where think about, think about the next, the remainder of 2021, where there may, things may return to normal slightly, right. You know, these limited capacity mm-hmm. things where be you know beastie boys is a bad example but uh <laughs> let's, say, let's say the foo fighters are not going to tour in 2021 right. but you can see a really kick-ass tribute band of the foo fighters for right. what ten dollars and yeah. and have still have a really great time with your friends so i that's where i think cover bands and tribute bands might really serve a a huge purpose here in 2021 or even early 2022 before we can kind of Hopefully, I mean, whatever that new normal is, hopefully we can get to that point where big shows can start happening again. Oh, man, hopefully. Well, it it makes me think, too, of a shout out to uh, our friends in uh, Interstellar Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Covering Pink Floyd. Oh, go try to afford those tickets and uh, (laughs) yeah, go show. You know, hope they show up at all, you know, and uh, don't cancel. But uh, but man, they put on a great production, too. They really, they put a lot into it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, and that's where I think bands can take it to the, the, there are those tiers of cover bands, right? Where you just got your local dads rocking out, trying to get away from the family at the local bar, you know, playing the classic rock stuff. I mean, okay, whatever that serves a purpose, but then you've got, you've got all these bands that are taking it to the next level with the production and the investing in themselves i mean we we employ uh we employ four roadies right now we employ a, a crew of four production people uh front of house sound and lights and and video walls and stuff that's not a small deal right right and you get you the the, the more you you do the more money you owe to people and the more you have to keep upping your production value and in your shows. And, and so it's like people view it as, Oh, look, they just played that show and they, they walked away with 20 grand as it's no, if that didn't happen, I sure wish it would, you know? Right. You know, and I think too, with your sound, I think you guys put enough of a spin on it. Yeah. I love something new. you guys posted the other day. That was something effective, uh, which song the pork tortinos do better than the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't decide. I kept yeah, I going back either. I kept scrolling through them, but uh Well we've got a we've got a lot of I think that's what and for those that don't know the band, it's it's again it's called the Pork Tornadoes and we play I mean mostly I guess we're kind of known for taking pop songs and and sort of adding a, a bit of a rock flair to them. And I've had many, many heavy metal dude friends of mine come to a show and say, Hey, 
listen, I hate Taylor Swift. She is the worst. But if Taylor <laughs> Swift sounded like you, I'd be okay with it. And, I'm, <laughs> and I took that as a very big compliment. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you, man. <laughs> yep. And you got to do some pretty cool stuff. I mean, you threw out uh, Phil Collins a little line. You get to play the line that everybody wants to play, right? Every drummer dreams, I would imagine, of in the air tonight. You dream. You dream. I, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night thinking I missed the fill of that song. No, like I told you, I, I vividly remember my mom was a, a huge Phil Collins fan and, and she had CDs of it. And so I just, that's how I taught myself to play the drums and, and to think that you can then do that on stage in front of a lot of people. And, and I don't know if you saw, we had a, we had a few weird viral moments happen over the last couple of years. Yeah. One of them was we, we got to play the official Minnesota Vikings tailgate. Nice. September, 2019. They, they you know, that beautiful stadium they have up there. It's, it's uh-huh. absolutely gorgeous. And they have this huge courtyard where they set up a stage and, and every time before the game, there's a band that plays and we got, we got asked to play and we were there and we were playing and the Minnesota Vikings have a drum line, an official drum line called the skull line. I don't know if other NFL teams have drum lines mm-hmm. and marching bands and stuff, but these guys do. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for drum lines. Yeah. I love listening to marching bands and drum lines. And so they're walking through this courtyard. We had to take a quick break so that they could do this performance before they go into the stadium. And I'm sitting here going, we got to capitalize on this. There, there are maybe f- 5,000 drunk people standing around right now. Uh-huh. What if we got them to join us for a song? And, and of course you, the first thing you think of is in the air tonight. So I ran over and talked to their director. I said, Hey, I know you got to get in the stadium, but what if we played in the air tonight together and you guys all came in on the solo? Uh, he goes, well, you know, we got to make it to the stadium. I go, no, 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 no. This is, this might go viral. You, we, you should think about this. And he paused and he said, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and it was funny. I, we started the song and you know, there's what two to three minutes before that Phil comes in and I saw him right. talking to the, the drummers and, and a lot of them knew right away. They go, Oh hell yeah. The older guys, right. The <laughs> yeah. one, they go in the air tonight. What? It's iconic. And you could see him. A guy would kind of mimic. The, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all right. Yeah. And so they, we filmed it. Uh, we just had one of our roadies stand there with a the camera, right. And just film it. And I, I posted it on, our Facebook page as we were packing up for the show. And uh, I'll never forget about 30 minutes later, we stopped at a gas station and it's, it had 50,000 views. Oh, Oh, holy shit. And then then about an hour later, it's somebody from the back seat, dude, 200,000 views. Are you kidding me? And by the time we got home, it was a, what a Sunday afternoon. So we, we drove home after that. It it, it was at like 500,000 views. By the time we got home, it, it just, found some weird virality right and so it hit a million views on our page and then some huge page stole the video which they like to do you know they've got millions and millions of fans but i was lucky enough to put our little logo in the corner there that they couldn't take out so there you go then that page put it on their post and it was like four million views and it was just we've had some weird little moments like that where we've i I, again i i attest that to my my original band diy 
attitude and senses of like, yeah, let's not let someone else do this. Let's do it ourselves and let's make this happen. And and so like those weird little moments have been kind of some of the catalysts for this band of of taking us from playing shows to nobody to having some bigger bigger events that we've put on. Yeah, and the other one was the uh, uh the Chris Stapleton uh, cover. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee Witch. How many hits did that get? It that's on our that's on our YouTube and that's approaching six million or something like that. Wow! It's the what is it the fourth highest viewed cover of Tennessee Whiskey, which by the way there are quadrillion covers no, of Tennessee of them, Whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was and that was a weird thing too. Where this is this is actually super personal and weird, but I'm definitely going to share it with you guys. Is uh, <laughs> a a nursing home in like 2015 contacted us and they said, "Hey, we're." We were really big fans of you guys. They said we need a an anthem for our our residents to remind <laughs> them to uh, wash their hands. <laughs> we said that, <laughs> and so they said they go. We want you to re-record "Can't Stop the Feeling" by Justin Timberlake, but we want you to change the words to "Can't Stop the Cleaning." <laughs> and, and they they handed our singer a script and and said, "Here's the words," and they it was all like. <laughs> I've got, I've got hot water. I've got my soap. And like, so we, we agreed. We said, okay, you're okay. giving us money for this. This is great. And you're paying for the studio time. We will gladly do this, but we will under no circumstances, let anyone know that we've done this because <laughs> the, dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest thing we've ever done. And of course we, we did keep it under wraps until, until about what was it? April, actually about this time last year, we said, well, this is the perfect time to actually release this. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did we did eventually tell the public about it. But here's what's crazy. <laughs> we were in the studio recording Can't Stop the Cleaning. <laughs> we had a little <laughs> extra time and we said, Well, we're in the studio already. Let's what's a song we could do? And I think we just learned Tennessee whiskey and played it at a wedding or something. And huh. and they said, Well, let's just do it. And I remember specifically not being excited about it, going, Oh, whatever, this song. And, <laughs> and we we recorded it and just threw a video up on YouTube and at that point our channel had no barely anybody looking at it and and that's what I preach to bands whether you're original or your covers or you're a podcast or you do anything it's like just put it out there right you never know what's going to happen cuz it just somehow people found that and they they latched onto it and said this is a cool version and I guess truthfully I don't really know the well, Chris Stapleton actually. So it's a cover of a cover of a cover, basically. Right. What yeah. did David Allen co-write that song originally? I don't know if he wrote it, but I know he did a version. Right. And George Jones did a version. Right. So I don't know which one was first. I don't know the chicken and the egg on that. Right. And then Stapleton made it popular recently, and and so I don't know. Maybe we just put a weird enough of a rock mm-hmm. twinge onto it, or or whatever. But those have been really big things for us to take us from being a local Iowa band to being popular around the U.S. and and around the world, kind of. And I know a lot of people shy away from the internet sometimes, being like, "Oh, it's so dumb and it's a lot of work," but. Mm-hmm. You just you just never know it, it as much as we all hate the arguing on Facebook and especially during the recent like political times mm-hmm. there there's never been a, a time where you can just reach some random person around the globe randomly right. with your content and your music and your podcast right it's it's unbelievable and you know I'm I'm thankful for it as much as I talk shit about Facebook every day I I'm pretty thankful for it too at the same time you know yeah no it's it's an extraordinary way to connect if you use it in the right way 
A lot of people don't use it in the no. right way. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Tennessee Whiskey is a country song written by Dean Dillon and Linda Hargrove. Mm, see. Okay, that's right. Mm. But performed by David Allen Coe first. Right. It was originally performed or recorded by David Allen Coe right. for his album of the same name. And it's interesting to anybody out there, pull that up on your Spotify or your Apple Music. It's now that you've heard this version, this current version that every cover band in America has been playing and Chris Stapleton's had on the radio, go back to the original. It's it's significantly different than what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes, yeah, you, you'll get covers that overshadow the originals. I'm thinking of like Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. That's the standard people think of now. Yeah. They don't think of Cohen, right? It's Leonard Cohen that actually wrote that song, but everybody thinks of the Jeff Buckley version. I can think of a few too. Like speaking of, I, is that a, is that a Joy Joy Division or a New Order song? Uh, Blue Monday. Uh, it was. I think that was New Order. New Order. But, but remember that band, that new metal band, Orgy, covered it. Yeah, that's right. In what, like 2000? And that was people going, oh my God, this song. Oh my God. So great. It's like, yeah. Yep. It's actually a cover, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh, and the 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 Dixie the Dixie Chicks covered uh, "Landslide," and people going, "Oh, have you heard this landslide song?" That the Dixie Chicks wrote. Well, mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks wrote that one actually, but okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same thing when the Smashing Pumpkins covered it. Yep. Yeah. Had a lot of people coming out thinking it was a Billy Corgan song. It's like no, no, no. Yeah, we just had uh, uh, Andy Paddlin on from Sponge, but he was also for a while in... Uh, Brownsville Station. Yeah, Brownsville Station. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, all the covers of Smoking in the Boys' Room. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that was actually a cool episode. That was one of the ones I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Sponge, it was cool to... Because I don't think many people... You either you either know and love Sponge or, or you have no clue who they are. Because right. they were in that... They were overshadowed by a lot of those, what, like... Nine, late 90s bands like the collective souls and the uh, toad the west rockets or whatever but man I, I loved sponge i mean i think they're yeah they're still playing kind of right aren't they yeah they're still playing i think they just did some las vegas set or something they're still planning on touring when all that shit's over and they've got a new album that they're supposedly working on yep and i was listening to um i don't know when you recorded that the billy gould uh faith no more episode yeah that was cool as well yes oh he was so fun to have on yeah yeah that was just Wow. Yeah, we're both monster Faith No More fans. I, can, I could tell on a few of those episodes I listened to, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are like holding back their... their <laughs> right. Okay, so I got to tell you how much you mean to me. <laughs> so I wrote you a poem. Um, I hope this is okay. I don't want to make it weird, but... Uh, I'm going to need your personal address so that I can come deliver the package right. to you. <laughs> Yeah. I've I've been that way too before though where you're just like I can't believe I'm I'm talking to this person they're they're oh it's so hard to do because you like it on one hand you're like I want to be cool I want to be professional then on the other hand like I may never get to talk to this person again I want to be able to say this shit right I want you to know like what this meant to me or you know hopefully be best friends forever yeah you know? yeah f- fuck being cool like just i'm gonna tell you how much i love you <laughs> yeah. that's 2020 right now is like I'm, I'm i'm over that i'm just gonna tell you how i feel right now <laughs> i've learned that this exactly. year <laughs> right so i think partially defining a balance between those but i also think that comes off as more genuine right yeah fuck you're not creepy with it everybody's a person and to, to bring it back around too, I mean, that, that was how I was, like I told you earlier with, with meet and will mm. Whitmore. 
anymore. You know, I mean, he's such a he's such a larger than life person. Any anyone that knows his music and has seen him, especially if you've seen him live, I mm. I, I think that was you guys that were talking about that kind of stage persona of of the larger than life thing. But he really gives off this like like almost like you can't talk to him vibe when he's on stage. But then he's the nicest and most humble guy you've ever met in your life. I mean, he's so nice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like he's one of those that I, I wouldn't hesitate to reach out to him if I felt yeah, I'm comfortable because he was so fucking cool with us. Yeah. And, and that, that was just to be able to, uh, to get to know him well enough to, to call him a friend, let alone to, to have him uh, say, Hey, we're doing an album. I, I think you'd be a great drumming addition to this album. Why don't you come down and do it? I mean, that's, there's certain moments, certain musical moments in my life where I think uh, being able to collaborate with people like Will and, and, and the dope Walker gang, I, I think that that's one of my top favorite things that I've ever done musically. Yeah. Oh, I love the dope Walker album. It's just amazing. It's yeah. Oh, did you guys like that? Oh yeah. 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 We both have copies of it. And- yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty it, upon listening back on it, it, it it's just very eclectic uh, like every song is totally different yeah and it's it's a departure from his you know uh, like a lot of his folk type work oh yeah but i mean when talking to him when you know his roots and, and everything else and doing that kind of uh having that punk background it all makes sense it's kind of cool. I, I think he loves that idea. You know, he for so long he's carried. He's been the only person on stage that has to carry that load, and it's it's hard. I that's why I'm a drummer. I I don't want to be a solo front man. I mean, that's that's too much pressure on me and, and too many eyeballs on me. Where if I can hide in the back a little bit, I feel good. But yeah. you know, Will's done that his whole life to where he can sit back and and play bass and maybe not sing on this song. I think he probably really revels in that and, and enjoys it. Right. We were planning on, you know, that that album was completed in October of 2019. And we were making some plans to do a few shows like, you know, we were going to do Iowa City, Twin Cities, Chicago, maybe just a just a few shows, some some one off dates. And then, of course, you know, everything changed. But I, I'm really hoping that we will we'll get back out and and do a few of those shows uh, when, when when we're able, because I, I, I really enjoyed that project. It was so much fun. Oh, I definitely hope that can happen. We'd love to come see that set. What I was going to say just a second ago though was uh, there's something specifically with the dope walker like every song i felt like i knew does that make sense like just listening to it it was just totally like no this is really familiar i think you've heard this yeah it really felt like that to me and that's kind of i think a compliment i don't mean it to sound like it's not no i i would take that as a compliment for sure i can agree it had some familiarity not like not in a way that like oh this has been done before no but it just felt familiar. Are you guys familiar with the plastic constellations from the Twin Cities? Uh, the other two guys in the band were were how that's how we knew them. Hmm. The main two vocalists. I mean, Will does a few vocals on there, but but kind of the two main voices you hear come from that band. And if you if you haven't checked out the plastic constellations, they're just one of the coolest bands from the kind of late nineties through the, the two thousands, uh, as far as that original scene goes, mm-hmm. where I think for a lot of people, every, every songwriter on this album comes from an, an old band, you know, that, that people used to love. So, so sometimes I think that's where that familiarity comes from, uh-huh. but man, if you've, if you never heard them before, then that's a, that's a huge compliment. Yeah. The very first time I threw the needle on, I was just like, no, I know this. Yeah. I like this. 
Yeah. So into podcasting. So tell us all about about uh, uh, the Confused Breakfast. Yeah, because I listen to it, but this, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, cool! Thanks, man. <laughs> we may, maybe call it twenty twenty. I mean, this is such a pivotal year in in a lot of people's lives. But I've done a podcast where I, we, the pork tornadoes have one called pretty cool, where we used to, we used to, whenever we were just hanging out backstage, we would just hit record and have some drinks and, and bullshit around, but we haven't done that much clearly lately. So that's kind of fallen by the wayside. And I, I also do another podcast called the Iowa music podcast. Yeah. Similar to you guys, we'll, we'll do some interviews with some, with some local musicians, but both of those being very localized, I guess, right. Where you, you have to know who the pork tornadoes are, or you have to know who this Iowa musician is to want to listen. Right. You sort of hit a peak, right? You just go, well, okay, this is as many people as I'm ever going to get to listen to this. <laughs> right. And I said, I oh, mean, I really want that one. I want to go for that one thing, you know, that, that let's see if I can make this a, a bigger deal. Let's see if I can find this weird topic that'll make people, people I don't even know, just randomly find it and like it. And so like many people, I'm 38. I, I don't know if you guys are similar in age, you know, but the, the 80s, 90s i mean i think very fondly upon those mm -hmm. years of of movies mm -hmm. and sometimes you know you find yourself you rewatch a movie from your childhood that you that you swear you loved like you right. go oh, i love that movie i love the movie and then you watch yep. it and you go oh wow okay um yeah I, I actually this is really not a good movie it's <laughs> it's, it's the nostalgia that i like about right. this movie not the the film itself yeah yeah right so so me and a, me and a couple friends decided we wanted to take that to the next level and we and we did the confused breakfast which is essentially a review of of movies from childhood right where we strip away the nostalgia and we say no 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 we are going to rewatch this movie as a, it with a modern eye right and we're going to go scene by scene and we're going to dissect this and and we try to um throw out uh interesting tidbits th about the movie that that maybe you didn't know and really just interject our our feelings nowadays about how this movie either holds up or doesn't <laughs> right. and, and it's been man it's been so much fun we've been doing it since let's see october and we've been throwing out a weekly episode since, and it's it's been gaining some steam, right? You know, it's it, again, it's that global idea that you like movies. You, you don't have to know who I am. You can listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I, I don't have that much of a creative outlet anymore right right now. Mm -hmm. This is kind of where I've put my eggs in my basket and said, okay, this is what I want to focus on for the foreseeable future as I, as shows start coming back around. And uh, it's been it's been super fun. I, I've had so much fun. In fact, do you guys uh, are you guys TikTokers? Do you have a TikTok account? We do not. I have not. I can barely keep up with the little social media that we do, which is probably why we're not a bigger podcast than we are. <laughs> well, but see that that's the thing, right? You, you, it's a lot of time invested, and I'm. I'm the social media guy in, in the bands that I'm in and stuff. So I said, all right, this TikTok thing, I gotta, I gotta check this out. I gotta figure out what the heck's going on. And, and it's, it's true. It's, it's a very weird platform, but, uh, I've never seen the growth on any other social media platform that I've seen on TikTok for, for the pork tornadoes and for confused breakfast. We started taking our dialogue of the movies and putting them over actual footage from the movies and then mm -hmm. uploading them to TikTok and, it, and it's sort of it's sort of building this weird culture of people that I don't know who they are and they're like we love your podcast we really love it and, and so shoot man I'll I'll take it <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I've definitely got a few stories we've had on here that I want to animate. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Do you know somebody who can do that? So, no, I don't. But here's a shout out to every listener. Yeah. <laughs> if we you need do, an animator. If you do computer animation, <laughs> right. we've got some amazing rock star stories that we can share. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what, what's the first one that, that pops in your head that you would that you would give anything to do? Oh, probably... Chuck Mooney of the Toady is telling us about the pickle. The pickle. <laughs> uh, he used to bring this Bon Jovi uh, cutout on stage, and it he he hooked his his pedal, his distortion pedal, like up to a motorized wheel and that ran through the back of it, and he attached a pickle as a penis, <laughs> like in front of Bon Jovi. So, like whenever he hit it, like it would spin. <laughs> <laughs> from the crowd. I'm and, already seeing this animated in my head, man. Right. Oh. Uh that's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of Mikey Two Dicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the ballad of Mikey Two Dicks. Yeah. That one guy, do you know who he is? Mike Silverman. I don't know if I know that. Amazing guy. He's really interesting. He's got his own instrument. He he's kind of a classically trained bassist and a really jack of all trades kind of guy, but he built his own instrument called the Magic Pipe. Uh. Okay, <laughs> which is it's it's really cool. I, That's I can't really even, interesting. Yeah, I he, can't describe it and do it justice. It's like a, it's sort of like a synth bass that he created that has trigger systems and oh, everything else on it. Yeah, it's really wild. He's a one man band group. It's wild, um, but he can play stand up bass really royal. Uh-huh. Really good at it, and he got the opportunity. Told us after he had kind of hung up the the bass for a while to play for Tom Waits, like somebody. <clears throat> had told Tom that he was good Jeez. and Tom gave him a call. You want to come in? And he was like, fuck, I haven't played in ages. I don't know, okay, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> clears, clears the schedule and says, yep, I'll be there. <laughs> right. But he also plays the song. We'll do the super short version and we've got it. We've got like the, the whole version. Yeah. There's a clip just, just of this story. Yeah. Tom was interested in him playing the saws and he had like, cause he's just a clever guy, like a rig, like a harness thing that he could wear to hold the saw in place while he's like standing. Huh. And it's got like two pipes that come out <laughs> from the front of it. <laughs> from his waist. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Tom saw it and was just like, uh, anybody ever, uh, call you Mikey two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, immediately, these stories need to be animated. Right. Somebody needs to call you up. <laughs> They're all dick jokes. That's that's everything we're doing. Well, and, and that's, what we, that's what will be popular. We all want some <laughs> dick jokes. Right. <laughs> that's all we want. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break now, and uh, then Mikey Two Dixie's going to come back up and play for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm writing down these two episodes right now to go back through your catalog. I got to hear them. <laughs> There's a shortened version just called The Ballad of Mikey Two Dicks. That's yeah, I just <laughs> turned that into a clip. Yeah. In fact, we need to wrap this up so I can start listening to these stories. Okay, guys? <laughs> Funny stories, crazy stories. Before we do that, man, um, you did say, uh, and I want to get in talking about uh, working for a couple of charities uh, with the Pork Tornadoes. So let's plug that shit for sure. Yeah, nothing particular to plug, really. Um, I mean, what what we've done is we're su- as anybody should be that gets to play music and gets to make money doing it. Right? Is like you should be appreciative of that. And uh-huh. and we've always, 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 anytime, anytime we're we have a chance, we we try to tie in a, a charity aspect 
to what we do, right? So we we put on this huge Halloween party. I mean, Halloween being one of the coolest kind of party days of the year. We did it for five years straight in Cedar Rapids, Iowa until until last year. But every single year we said, well, let's let's just pick a local charity and give X amount of dollars away to them from from ticket sales and stuff. And and so that that's always been an MO of us. I mean I why would you not do something to to help out? And I, yeah. especially Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I mean, we've had we've had some rough times. I don't know if you know much about our area. Yeah, two thousand eight, we had a a flood. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they called it a thousand year flood. I mean, it was the most insane thing that you've ever seen in your entire life. And then this past summer, on top of COVID, we had a derecho. Do you know what a derecho is? I don't. No. So a derecho, which no one knew what it was until this summer, is a weather phenomenon where it's basically an inland hurricane that develops. Mm. And we had um, a direct hit on basically a hurricane hit Cedar Rapids, Iowa for an hour. We had 140 mile per hour winds uh, for an hour. Holy crap. That hit Cedar Rapids and just completely and utterly ravaged our town. I mean, we, we lost... 65 percent of our tree canopy wow which is just uh, it's just terrible that's insane yeah I'll, I'll i'll send you guys a link to some of the stuff i i have a few uh rental properties that i've that's kind of been a side puzzle of mine and uh-huh. and one of them a 120 year old uh oak tree smashed a 900 square foot the garage and it's no longer wow. there i mean it's just wow yeah i mean Cedar Rapids is a very cool place. If you ever come visit it, it's a very nice. It's a the smallest big city in the world, right? It's it's small town mentality. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys have referred to uh, some places in, in Missouri that way as well. Uh, Columbia, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's similar to that. G- good people, but kind of a small town. But we've we've had some rough times. So a lot of these local charities, especially in 2020, man, where you can't get out and fundraise and stuff. So anything we do, we always try to tie a charity aspect into this and unsure when this uh, episode will come out, but we we recently played a, a show at a theater here in town. It was a very socially distant, limited capacity show. It was our first show back in a very long time. And we recorded the whole thing and we're going to release that as like a right. virtual live stream concert here in a couple months and we're and we're just partnering with some local charities to say 25 percent of every ticket bought goes right into their hands kind of a thing anytime you get a chance to to help out nonprofits, you you just got to do it right oh yeah right you do absolutely especially yeah we've got a i don't know if it's local i don't know or if it's global or you know nationwide but it's called trees forever and that 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 has come in big time for us because of our our lost canopy, uh, our landscape has just changed, you know, like it doesn't, nothing looks the same anymore. Imagine uh, I am assuming our landscape's pretty similar from uh, Missouri to Iowa. Yeah. Just imagine all the mature trees in your neighborhood just being gone <laughs> and all of a sudden how that changes the view of your town. It's right. It's crazy, man. I I'll tell you what though. I did learn finally how to be a man. I finally learned how to run a chainsaw <laughs> this summer right on. Yep. and like my beard is no longer a facade. Like I, 
I am a no. man. I know how to work <laughs> these cars, <laughs> and I'm yeah. good at it. No. Okay, I couldn't imagine not having to. I mean, I can because I've been in that situation. My wife's from uh, West Texas, so we lived down there very briefly, and I swear it was so hard on me not having just trees all over. Yeah, just some shade, right? You know, just a little bit of that. Yep. Trees and hills. I missed those. Yeah. But yeah, I'm familiar with the lay of the land up there. I'm from northern Illinois anyway and grew up about an hour away from the Quad Cities. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're real. It's all kind of the same thing <laughs> from right. where you are now to where Iowa is. And I actually grew up in St. Louis. That's how my my cousin, uh, you know, in, in my posse, in effect, I, I, I lived there for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And then my dad took a new job up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And it was one of those things where I swore I was going to leave. <clears throat> I said, the minute I graduate high school, I'm out of here. And then I said, well, I'll go to college and then I'm out of here. I'm going to the coast. And here I am. I, I this is home. I, I, I really, truly do love the Midwest. We got our we got our quirks, right? We're, we're, we're a little weird. Sure. Well, sure. <laughs> you can always go visit the coast. Yeah. You can always go visit another country. Right. But man, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll rethink that after the last year or so here being in the Midwest. But at the same time, it, I, I love it here. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I do, I do truly love the Midwest. No, I, I yeah. love the Midwest. I don't think I could live in any place too small, but I, I do. I, and there's a, big difference in personalities even of just cities like you're from st louis really different personality than here in kansas city yes it's completely different <laughs> yeah totally different town same state yep, yep. But yeah i've lived up and down the rivers from illinois to missouri <laughs> all the, yeah but i miss dude yeah, that's right but it's uh yeah product of the midwest but i've always liked it here and you're in, you're in columbia right now uh-huh are you kind of is that town sort of opening back up at this point or is it are is things still sort of weird uh it's sort of weird just because columbia is very progressive right so and i don't know how this virus ever got politicized in the first place but <laughs> we all know there's political lines that draw around it and we're much more liberal a little blue island here so oh yeah it's all around us nobody gives a fuck about a mask whatsoever yeah it's all over it was always a hoax to begin with uh well, of course. It, well, it's still, it still right. is. Let's be honest. It still is a hoax. Okay, you guys. It was a total hoax. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> a year later, it's a April hoax. April Fool's. Yeah. I got my uh, first vaccine today, fellas. Hey, well done. Congratulations. Vaccination number one. I'm, I just feel like I feel like a different person right now that that I got this. And I, I was always kind of the guy that's like, well, you know, I don't want to get the flu shot. You never know what's in the flu right. shot. And now I'm right. just I'm so I cannot believe a year ago that I would have said that i would have been telling you oh, i got this vaccine and i'm so excited i would have never said that a year <laughs> right. ago. No. but i'm i hope you fellas can get it if, if that's what you're looking for we have both been fortunate enough i've had both my shots and john i think you had your first one did you really yeah yeah i got my first one I'm, i'll get my next in 12 days yeah, what sucks is my kid's not old enough. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That really kind of holds you back. Like, oh my God. Uh. Do you think if your if your kid were old enough to get it that that you would be a little bit feel a little bit more free to to do some things? Oh, for sure. But now you kind of got to go, oh. Well, yeah, because even if we have friends that are, you know, in the clear, that doesn't mean we can go over and hang out with them. Oh, that's true. 
because they might not have, you know, they might have kids that have also not, but yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Hopefully we'll get to that point though, that enough people get it. Yeah. Did you see, what did, what did Biden say that by like they're doubling their thing now? Right. So basically by, by what May 1st, everyone that wants one has one. Right. That's the idea. Just open it up to everybody, which I think is the move. Hope enough people want one. Let people get it. I, I think they do. I, I think there's just such a change in mentality that people, even the people that are like, oh, I don't know if I want that thing. Right. I mean, just it's it's been a year. I don't care anymore. Just <laughs> right. give it to me. I, I want it. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my favorite memes I saw, and it was these two guys talking. It's like two punk rockers. And this one guy looks at another and says, I don't trust anything, you know, being put into my body where I don't know where it comes from, you know. And he was like, dude, I have seen you buy rails off a one-eyed guy <laughs> in college and snort him off the back of a toilet in a club and you had no idea what that guy's name was he's like plus you got a flu shot last year <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> you know? yeah well and you know what the you know what the toughest thing going forward is going to be is that every region even every city is just different in the way they view things like iowa we've had a a run in with our governor. She just, she was from the start. I don't think our state technically ever closed. I mean, she was like, nope, uh-huh. nope, nope. We do not close. We don't care. And I, I think our technically our, our mass restrictions are gone and mass, or sorry, mass mandates. But, but for the most part, most businesses are still requiring that. But here's, here's the crazy thing. So we did this theater show mm-hmm. where it's normally 2000 person capacity theater and they, they limited it to one third capacity. So it was 600 people. And it was, you had to have masks on at all times. You you could only buy seats in a pod and every little pod was six feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Honestly, it went, it went so well that anybody that wanted to go could go and could feel safe. And anybody that didn't feel safe could stay home. But the interesting part was not one person said anything negative online about it, except for one gal somehow stumbled on our page from, and she's from California. And she said, wait, so let me get this straight. You're happy about selling out a show during a pandemic that will be a super spreader event and will kill people. And we're like, what? Hold on. on, Wait, what? Right. This isn't a Trump rally. (laughs) We're very excited about this, about killing people. (laughs) Right. But, but I couldn't even get mad because where she's from, right you couldn't even imagine putting people together into a, into a venue, but man, it's, it's just so tough. Cause there's so many, the entertainment business in general has been kind of the forgotten thing in, in all of this over the last year, because, you know, there's been the pushes of re- get out and support your restaurant, get your to go orders. You got to keep them alive. But the entertainment business was the first to shut down and it will be the last to come back to normal. Right. And there are these venues that are, they, they sent, they sent somebody from, um, I think somebody from Live Nation or something actually traveled to Cedar Rapids to the show to see how it was done so that they could help implement that elsewhere. Mm. I, we, we have to start. I know maybe that's a little unpopular to some people, but we have to start at least trying to open up in some capacity for entertainment because these venues have struggled for so long. I know. To trying to get their doors open. And and what if what if we come back to normal and there's no venues left and things like that? I mean, that would just be the worst. Right. We, it seems like we talk about this every week and it's a really big fear. It is. It's legitimate. Yeah. 
it's a scary thought that really truly our sound guy that's what he does for for his career right he's got a family of six and he owns five hundred thousand dollars worth of audio and light gear and Coming into 2020, he purchased like $150,000 worth of new speakers and lights Mm. for the crazy summer that we were going to have. And then it all went away. And those are the people I worry about because I really do think that this summer will be one of the most epic live music entertainment things of all time. Yeah. Even if it is weirdly distanced and and mass, but I think it's going to be crazy. And I'm I worry that there's going to be a huge demand for concerts and there's not going to be any, any places to play. Right? Right. Yeah. One of my good friends runs a sound and light company here and he has or had, I don't know what's going on. I haven't talked to him about it recently. But a contract with like MMA. Like going out and doing like all these mixed martial arts events and big production, uh-huh. huge money maker for him. Huge, and now it's just not been happening. Yeah, it's just like a hang in there. Hopefully, it will happen. So just hang in there, hang in there, kind of thing. But right, just close your eyes and think about all those hundreds of people getting vaccinated every day. I mean, that's uh, that's giving me hope. I think it helps. I think they said Missouri had like twenty percent of at least had their first shot. Are you serious? That's awesome. Um, that's great. And for a place like Missouri, too, right? Yeah. And one thing to remember, too, is like uh, when you get that first shot, say it's the Moderna or the Pfizer, after about 15 or 20 days, I think you're about 70% immune. That's amazing. Right. Now they got the Johnson & Johnson out. Yeah. Which I don't understand why the Johnson & Johnson's actually got a lower percentage of protection than 20 days after the first Moderna. But yeah, that second Moderna or whatever is just a uh, booster. So it gets you over that 90% like hump or whatever, but uh, you're mostly protected with that first shot. So that should make you feel good. Which one did you guys get? I got the Moderna shot. I went with Pfizer. Okay. So I, I got Moderna as well. Um, did you did you experience any symptoms after your first one or your second one? My first one, not really. I haven't had the second one yet, but my first one, just a little bleh. You know, I didn't feel like great. Arm felt like I got hit with a sledgehammer. And that's what my heart is feeling like right now. Yeah. It was the it was the most painful arm load I've ever had from from a shot. Yeah. It was tolerable. My wife got the Moderna and and she described that and she was just really wiped out after that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of tired. She got hers before mine and I totally blew an opportunity cuz you know I I should have just played it up. I was like, "No, I feel fine." And then I, I realized as soon as I said that, "Oh, I could have played this up." oh baby i don't feel so good i'm just gonna lay down i got some breakfast in bed could you make me dinner (laughs) (laughs) did neither of you guys actually feel the tracking device going into your arm can you actually feel that at all i've got so many i pulled that out yeah (laughs) yo you pulled it out yeah yeah I've got one of those little matrix, uh, you know, bug suckers. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Sticking out my arm, tracking device. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean the cell phone that you mm-hmm. hold in your hand all day long? That, right. that tracking right. device? <laughs> the reptoids know where to find me. All right. They know where. And, and like, do they give a shit about me? No, they no. don't care about anything I'm talking about. I'm super boring. That's what I said. Why do you care what I'm doing? I don't care. I, okay, he's watching The Crow again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, he's watching it again. Oh, he's, he's falling asleep during the middle of it. Damn it. <laughs> There's an 80s movie. Have you done They Live yet? Oh, they Live? No, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Ah, oh, Carpenter. That'd be a good one. Yeah, good stuff. You do mostly like the 80s kind of the kitsch movies though, right? Or do you do horror and uh, 
Uh, we'll get there. The the guy uh, Sean, my co-host, is is a huge huge horror movie buff, and I think he really wants to implement a lot of his a lot of his horror favorites on us. I think he's just biding his time a little bit. Uh, we go by committee. We let each person choose one in a row, kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. we've done we've done some some crazy ones. You know, we've done. Uh, we just recently did over the top. Yes, that Sylvester Stallone the arm wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, like you could tell he just he just phoned that one in. He, I, yeah. uh, supposedly because he Rocky Four and Rambo First Blood Two had just come out. Yep. Stallone was on top of the world, right. and they just kept throwing money at him and said, "Hey, come on, come on, come on, just do this arm wrestling movie, just do it." And so he finally. I think they got up to like 16 mil and he goes, all right, whatever. Okay. And he just, he just phoned that. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> if you go back and take off your nostalgia hat, I mean, yeah, he's phoning <laughs> that shit in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's no rhinestone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's very true right there. <laughs> uh, horror movies. I was thinking about from just the other day uh, was Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. And how, how the fuck is that movie PG? Right. And I actually looked it up because I was thinking about it. And so there's this big conspiracy that's kind of with it that like Spielberg basically like paid off people or, or bribed people somehow. Because <clears throat> originally it was slated to be R. And then it was like, no, 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 let's look at this again. And then kind of got it down to PG. And that was kind of where the birth of PG-13 came from. Huh. Oh, there was nothing in the middle? Right. Yeah, yeah. it just went went from PG to R back then, yeah. Oh, my God. There's no reason that movie should be PG. There is none. No. It's a great movie. I love that movie, but, (laughs) right, it it should not be a PG (laughs) film. (laughs) Right. At all. R was the right way to go at that time. Yeah. This is cool with your five-year-old as long as you're sitting there. <laughs> well, then I guess you need to describe to them. <laughs> I guess the argument they made was this, there's not a lot of language. There's no nudity. There's no direct violence, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, but geez, nightmares for days as a kid. Thing. Yeah, clowns strangling you and people ripping their faces off. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as they don't say fuck, we're good. Okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> no boobies, no boobies, <laughs> no, no boobies. <laughs> oh man, well, he does have a point. There's no boobies in here. So, you know, mm, yep. That's call. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna give it to Steve. Probably having Spielberg as opposed to somebody else made a difference in that, I'm guessing. I bet. Yeah. Or at least his lawyers. Right. <laughs> right. He's, I, I didn't realize that there wasn't a, a PG-13. That makes sense that they would have added something like that. But man, to think to go from a, a PG to an R, that that's a very long distance to travel. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially with how things have evolved. Oh, yeah. I think it's a very different movie scene than it was back then. The lines are a lot more gray. Yeah, that's true. Now everything's just, I mean, what's to stop? You used to have to go to, you had to rent a movie or go to a movie theater where people could put you in check and say, wait, how old are you kind of thing? But now it's just everything's available to watch whenever you want to watch it, 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 no matter what your age is. So it's just like, well, whatever. Right. Meanwhile, Stand By Me was R. Right. And I still don't get that. Yeah. Right. Except for they smoke all over the place. I think there were 12. Oh, you can't smoke cigarettes. Do not do not do that. No. Do not do that. That that actually Stand By Me. We we should get into that. That shit. When, when was Stand By Me? Was that early 80s? Was that early 80s? Mid 80s, I want to say. Mid to late, I think. Oh, I don't know. 
River Phoenix was pretty young. I mean, he was 1986. 86, really? Okay. Yep. That's what it says. IMDb, anyway. Good flick. Definitely. Good flick. A lot of language. Yeah. A lot of language and a lot of kids smoking. (laughs) But really, I mean, there's not, there's a little violence, but it's not that bad. Yeah, not too bad. The dead body thing, maybe. Yeah. Right, but I would show that one to my kid before I'd show him Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Good point. Nice. You guys want to wrap it up? Yeah. Sure. Call it good? For sure, dudes. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome talking. Yeah, oh, that was a lot of fun. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, man, I had a great time. Keep us updated on uh, what's going on with with shows and whatnot. With all this stuff, man, you got your feet in so many things. Yeah, yeah. I I would really on, honestly like where it would be a really cool place to meet up. I think would be either once Whitmore starts getting back out on the road or also, um, I, I mean, I, I really got to go see my posse in effect. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So finally I can meet up with my cousin and, and check out the band. So man, maybe it'll be Kansas city or maybe it'll be Columbia or something like that. We don't have any current plans to come down that way just yet. We're, we're kind of tapping into a few newer markets up here, uh, like Wisconsin, Minnesota area. Hopefully, eventually we'll make it down there. But I, I would say sooner than later, it'll be probably one of those shows that I'll come down your your area to check out. That'd be awesome. That'd oh, be sweet. Yeah, I'd love to buy you beer, man. Heck yeah. Then I'll just buy you one after that. And then we'll just keep doing that back and forth. For sure. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, everybody. You've been listening to Undetermined Podcast. Special guest, Mike Schulte of the Pork Tornadoes. Dope Walker. Brian Johnson. Uh, always of always. Always of always. Yeah. And more podcasts than we can count. And more podcasts than we can count. I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad. For sure. It helps a lot. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it.